Welcome to the Legendarium. Ken just pointed oh. at me. That means that I'm supposed to talk. I guess. He's learning the that radio means? thing, folks. I am. <laughs> and action. There we go. There we go. go. We are the blue team, and we are here to talk about the expanse. We are into Leviathan Falls. It feels like just yesterday that we were starting this magnificent series, except for Stephanie. She probably feels like it, it was, wasn't it just was like, yesterday. what, 10 years ago? 10 years. I, <laughs> I feel like the time lapses for you like it does in the book. Yeah, it's it's been like 50 years since we started this book. I I have been on the Rossi the entire time. And we have all aged beautifully, or at least Stephanie has. Just like the Rossi. Uh, so with that said, those of you that are here, that you've if you've been with us for the entire journey, you know all the housekeeping stuff. Get to us on Discord, follow us on YouTube, follow us anywhere you possibly can. Find us in the grocery store. Walk up and tell us that you love what we do and that you really enjoy what's going on. Uh, and if that's not enough, uh, don't stalk us at home. That's the only thing. Uh, Stephanie, did well, you have a you thing think. that you wanted to do? No. Are you good? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted her to do her intro because she did it with Welcome such a Welcome to the plum. Legendarium. Thank we you. are a team of... Legendarium panelists. <laughs> never mind. Sorry, never, I always do the mind. ladies. We are the ladies of the Legendarium, but we are obviously not the ladies of the Legendarium because Megan is not here. <laughs> we miss so if Megan, Megan was here, then we, love Megan. we would count as ladies. Ken's counted as a lady. That's true. We did are. one episode that um, sadly, with some te technical difficulties, never aired. And it was so good. It was a good episode. We talked romance. I made a Maverick reference. It was wonderful. So I'm one, not surprised you made a Maverick one reference. One day yeah. we will have to re-record our ladies episode with Ken visiting. That would be cool. Everyone be cool. always said, I like to visit the ladies. Who said that? <laughs> so welcome to the legendarium. Wow, that all is, right. Now with all I think of that, that, is a, that, that is a moment killer count of three with, already. With like, all that awkwardness, on, man. On an awkward trend today. Jeez. So, so any silence that happens, just know it was probably something Ken It was Ken's said. fault. We no longer Ken's call fault. them awkward silences. We call them Ken moments. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we do. Speaking of Ken moments, Ken, what did you think of the first half of the book? Boy, I thought it was scatterbrained and all over the freaking place and very exciting but also scatterbrained and all over the place okay what kind of recap so, do you have i have a scatterbrained <laughs> and all over the place recap you I, know why because i started to write a recap and then i went i don't even really know exactly what's all going on here it is just all freaking over the place so this is what i got duarte wakes up and then disappears and then appears everywhere, all at once, to all sorts of people, kind of like a turbo supercharged Detective Miller. That's where we are at. Then <laughs> a couple chapters happen where the Rocinante is running around. They got Teresa. They're going to drop her off at a school until she gets confronted by this super evil Laconian chick, who then they shoot in the face. <laughs> that was super fun. evil Laconian chick. She's got temporary issues. She might have a name, but... Her name is Tanaka. Ken doesn't care enough to mention it. <laughs> it's going to be one of those episodes, oh, I'm man. pretty sure it's Tanaka. It <laughs> it's is. Tanaka. Okay, yeah. Ileana Tanaka. Ileana Tanaka. That's where we're at. A couple whole chapters with Kit, which turn out to be the two chapters more than I ever needed with Kit, except he manages to put us where we need to be to watch a ship start and then pull back from the dark, fuzzy precipice of Dutchmanhood, or is that Dutchmanism, or maybe Dutchmanity? doesn't matter anyway the point is we get to see it thanks to kit i guess so he he's got one redeeming quality i suppose i hated kit i just hated it i'm sorry i'm uh, anyway hey remember that time where i thought the princess of freehold was going to mutiny i'm just saying that i predicted that like two episodes ago and it came true with it took two episodes though but it happened <laughs> <laughs> with predictably stupid results. Oh, yeah. Abs well, we'll get to that. We'll yeah. get to that. So, and uh, at the end of it, after all the Dutchman hood that doesn't happen, all of the ring gates turn on as the Rosinante is entering the Emerald... Sp I can't remember what that, uh, what that system is called. But anyway, they're going to go see Elvie and the twins and everything to 
see what's going on and all of the lights <laughs> turn on and now things about to get real it's like christmas here. yeah only yeah. only like christmas from violent night Violent Night. Okay. Probably. Okay. I never saw it. But here are your questions. Anyone else a little concerned about them feeling or feeding Kara into this diamond so much? Because that feels like it could go bad. I'm just saying. Uh, question number two. So where's Duarte? I have my guess, but I want to hear what you guys think. And uh, now that the rings are waking up, do the three star kids go crazy? Meaning Kara, Zan, and Amos? Do they? I'm just saying they're, you know. I think these can, uh, things can go bad. I wish she'd been named Jaina so that we would have Zan, Zan and, and Jaina. Yeah. I mean, powers for, activate. Yeah. For those of, for those of us that are old enough, do you remember Zan and Jaina on the super friends, the form of an ice sculpture and shit, you know, no, one of them turned uh, into yeah. an animal and one of them turned into water, some kind of water thing. Yeah. Nope. There you go. She just all you needed to know. said, yep. And they had a space monkey. I know named Gleek. Gleek, yeah. 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 I just noticed and I I just want to ask this question. I noticed that you deferred immediately to Ken for a recap before I could ask, how did you feel about the first half of this book? <laughs> well, I actually didn't think Ken was going to have a recap. I was really <laughs> just trying to put him on the spot to see what he came up with. And then well, he pulled a recap out and I was like, oh, dang it. Dang it. I was, recap out of well, I was a little disappointed by that. I, I would say it generously would say it had recap like substance. There you go. There you go. It was yeah. on your iPad written out in some form which shows some sort of preparedness on your part let's go with that preparedness and forethought sure yeah because that's what we do here and you still haven't told us what you thought of the first half of the book what i thought of the first half of this book um what do i remember from the first half of this book <laughs> um i didn't i don't know i I feel the same way I have about the rest of the series. It's, I, it's just not, it's not for me. I'm like, so the introduction of, of, uh, kill maiden, Ileana Tanaka. And she made me mad. Like I was just sick of her. I'm like, get over your revenge, blah, blah, blahness. Cause it doesn't matter. You're like, I don't know. I just, I could care less about her, honestly. Yeah, okay. And then she got shot in the face. I'm like, eh, sucker. Wow. Way to bury the lead on that one. <laughs> hey, hopefully people have already read this, right? Um, well, yeah. Ken if, said it first. If they're, if they're tuning in this far and they haven't expected spoilers, <laughs> then that's on them. Yes. I'm going to go to the last book in the series without having read any of it and listen to the legendarium discuss it. Hey, you know what? One of my kids might do that. <laughs> well, that's what they get. Todd's children. Yeah. This is an episode of spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. But so I, I don't know. I liked I kind of, I kept questioning why Kit had chapters. I didn't care. Like, I didn't mind Kit, and I thought it was kind of. They always have that one character that adds a little bit of like humanity, that family value a little less. There's not they're not the action chapters or whatever, and I feel like Kit was kind of that character in this book. So I didn't mind. I was just like, why? Yeah. But why? Like. I think it's cute you have a kid and like I'm I have fun listening to your conversations between him and Alex and everything but I was like I really don't know why you have chapters. Interesting. Yeah. I was like I don't mind that you have chapters but I still don't know why you do and I'm with Stephanie and I mean I'm uh, with Stephanie in the sense that I don't know why you're here and but I don't care why you're here. Just, I wish you weren't here. Huh. I feel like we could have had the entire book shortened by like five chapters. Right. Because I don't really feel like he brought, we could have gotten everything that he gave us through Alex's chapters and um, Tanaka's chapters. And I think in the previous book, we did get a lot of glimpses of that because of the way that Alex talked about Kit. Yeah. And so, I, and I, I wonder, uh, part of me wonders if the choice by the authors was, hey, we, wanna, we, we want to expand the character list. We want to explore some things that we haven't explored with other characters. Because this they definitely need another point of view character. <laughs> right. Sure. Why not? Because 27 was not enough. 
So let's add one more. Oh, I, I actually it. just threw that number out. I can't tell you how many point of view characters there actually are in yeah, the entire series. Let's let's probably just let's so you up, look so. it up, but it has to be somewhere near 27. <laughs> this will oh, be the last like thing it. I say about Kit. Other than I appreciate that he was there so we could see his perspective from, from going Dutchman. That was the only necessary thing. I, by and large, don't care. Or I, I haven't minded the side characters like when we when we get them from from Prax or when we get them from all these other people we've gotten them from over eight books. This one actually made me respond negatively for some reason, and I don't I don't know why. Honestly, huh. I mean, Kit wasn't really an objectionable character. I just I hated these chapters so much. Ken just hates fatherhood, and, and that must be it. Maybe I have. <laughs> Maybe he <laughs> hates grandfatherhood. Is what it is. I wish because he's wish. not a because I'm not because he's not a grandpa yet. He was just jealous. He's jealous. He's jealous. That's because what's going on. Because Alex is yeah. a grandfather. Yeah, and I like that. Ken is not. I, I'm gonna go with that. I think you guys hit the nail on the head. Well, so yep. Ken's children, who are now listening to this. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Because I'm sure all of them listen. At least two of them have been on the show. Yes. So actually, um, I probably shouldn't be speaking to all of Ken's children because I think some of them might be on the younger side. <laughs> <laughs> Let's there's, not encourage. There's, there's at least that. well, there's probably two, at least two, maybe three, that are not. All, yeah, all of them are of marrying age. Okay. So, but well, the one has your youngest graduated? She's like three months away from graduating, so she huh. probably shouldn't get married. Yeah, yet, let's, but, let's not but encourage her. But, but the older, the other three are all yeah. in their twenties. They could all they, be getting married. I mean, <laughs> well, our oldest is married. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Anyway, Why, this? <laughs> Why, what did we do here? I, I have to admit, I was getting a kick out of stoking this conversation, just seeing how long it was going to go. I, I got a kick out of that one. I feel like James fucking Holden because I'm sitting here saying, well, not really sure. What do you think? What is going on here? Okay, watch. Oh, we have lost it. We have absolutely lost it. Watch me Watch me wrap this all back around. Okay. See how we were going on and on about all these things that have happened in the past, just like they did in the book. Yeah. <laughs> Talking okay. about all okay. the things that have happened in the eight books before us. And I expect <laughs> it's going to get worse in the second half. And all we're going to get basically is like end of series clip show writing. Remember when this happened here? And remember when Bobby did this there? And remember when we were over here and that happened? That was a fun time, you know, blah, that blah, second blah. to the last <laughs> series ending episode yeah. where you have to recap everything that's happened that's what that's where we're heading it started off so easily so innocently <laughs> with the rosy fly in it yeah anyway. exactly well and i'm not i'm not saying i'm objectionable to it because i've enjoyed a lot of the path a lot of the the travels that we've made to get here yeah you know i'm not objecting to that the i travels. just the travels, you know, we've sat here in our seats comfortably, but the, while the rest of does all out. the work, but still I'm expecting a lot of, a lot of remember wins and memories of, and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know. Um, the, uh, I'm, I'm going to leave that alone for now. We'll make, we may come back to it. Yeah. Um, I want to go back to Tanaka though. Um, you had a negative response to Tanaka. I think everyone should have a negative response yeah, to well, Tanaka. Well, okay. <laughs> she's I mean, the bad yes, guy. She's an objectionable character. God, I don't know if you realize she's the bad guy in this book. She's not nice. You shouldn't like her. What? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm the empathetic one. I have empathy for everybody. I actually I actually did have a moment of empathy with, with Tanaka in the in the clip that we get there or the the flashback that we get uh we find out that you know her mom and dad uh her mom kills her dad and commits suicide at the same time uh never knows why i think we can probably guess <laughs> um and she goes off to live with her aunt who is a marine she's in the marines herself and she comes home and says hey and she, and she, which cheek did you get slapped on? Whack! Bam! Are you sad or are you angry? There's a smack. I'm like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> this explains so much about Laconian parenting styles and well, that that was Martian parenting style, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, that yeah, was more that. Saying, so. I think those are the only ones. I think those Martians though are the only ones that got to to leave. And go make Laconia. Yeah, maybe. Because Alex doesn't seem like that was the way that he raised Kit. 
Notice did he how raise, I brought this back to Kit? Yeah. Did, did he raise Kit? No, yeah, badly. he did For the first few years, for the first few years they were around, and then yeah. it was then Bobby took over. You remember because yeah. he was yeah. always saying Bobby, Aunt Bobby, Aunt, Aunt Bobby. Bobby, Aunt Bobby. Yeah, everything was about Aunt Bobby. That's always the way it is, too. Mm. Yeah, but she was one of those those Martian, you know. I don't think so. I think I think Bobby. I don't know. I don't know. I guess we could find that out. Maybe we could ask him for an extra novella. Hmm. There is, by the way, there. Wow, look at that face. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Pure excitement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, there is a novella that talks, that, that, that covers the uh, Kara and Zan story, backstory as to how they got from there to here. So it's like novel, it's like novella 6.5. So it's between, it's in the time jump there. Okay. You're never going to read that, are you? I haven't read any of the other novellas. There you go. Um, so anyway, with, with Tanaka, going back and looking at, at Tanaka as a character, um, did you find her? So I'm taking it, you did not find her a compelling bad guy, a bad guy that you were interested in. So I, I mean, she's a stereotypical bad guy, I guess. Like, I don't feel like she was, she was written to be the bad guy. Yes. That's obvious. But I don't think that at the beginning of the book, when she was sent on her mission to find Duarte and Teresa, that she was sent out to be the bad guy, if that makes sense. Yeah. In in the world of the story. Obviously, the authors intended her to be the bad guy. I understand that. But in her world, I don't think that that's where she set out to be. I think she has that type of personality that's very similar to Amos, where... If Amos didn't have those moral compasses around him, that that he could have been in that place some point in his life. Um, that, but with her, by the time that um, James, because she shoots Amos, yeah. which weirded me out. We have spent three hundred and twenty-seven books reading about this. And Amos has been in some really tight places. He's been killed at least once. But all of a sudden, it it bugs me that they have killed Amos twice now <laughs> in two books. I was like, really? And, like and both times he came back from the dead. Well, yeah, but still, like it just think, it weirds me out. Especially like he just got shot in the back and his chest explodes and. James turns around and shoots Tanaka in the face. And then all of a sudden it's all about it. Like forget the rest of her mission. James Holden just shot me in the face and I survived. So I have to go destroy him or whatever. I'm like, so now it's Ahab and the white whale. Yeah. Yeah. Like this, yeah just, very much. So I got really bored with the, I don't know the, the revenge killing side of things, especially I don't know if that happens in the chapters we're talking about. Um, I think it does this, when she shows well, up. She, at Draper Station? Yes. Yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. good. <laughs> I, was like, oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I am. Remember just, the whole Princess of Freehold? I just got, yeah. I, I have read a few chapters, just a couple of chapters ahead of where we're, because we're going through 24. So I just want to make sure that yep. anything I say isn't like, oh, that happened the chapter after we were talking about today. I was like, dang it. <laughs> But especially by then, and she's like, I'm just going to kill everyone. I don't really care. And I'm like, hmm, this, I'm, I'm over this. I'm dope. Like, I don't know. There's no depth to it, I guess. There isn't. But by and large, the way she does it, I kind of enjoyed that. Just in the sense of walking through walls, mowing down people. It was, it was fun video game footage. It was for like, a oh, minutes. I found some heat signatures. I'm just going to go slaughter those people. Yeah. I, yeah. I wonder... Um, I, I, I guess for me, and, and maybe it's, maybe it's me, the, 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 the mental damage that I've had over the years. Um, but I immediately started looking at that and, and asking myself, uh, is this what happens when you're raised in a military state? Uh, Laconia, um, uh, granted she came from Mars. She was one of the first ones, but she's one of the defectors from Mars. So she's one that, that Duarte had gone along and said, hey, we, you know, we can do this right. Yeah. And so does he bring with him all of the ones that have no soul? 
because it feels like, I mean, Admiral Trejo, very similar also in the, in the standpoint of whatever it takes in order for Laconia to survive, that's what we will do. If it means that we have to sacrifice children on an altar of science, we'll do that too. Um, in fact, I remember oh, you, you, yeah, I you brought something up about it. I remember he, he said that earlier, yeah. um, in, in one of the earlier books and he's like, you know, I don't bother me with these details, do whatever it takes for the empire to survive. And I wondered, uh, and, and I, I mean, you know, this is one of those where somebody probably can say, oh, well, they had an interview at one point in time and they said this, but <laughs> for me, I'd kind of like to have a conversation and say, was that a, was that a social commentary about what happens when you get raised in a militarized situation where it's all about because she was raised by you know she gets raised by her aunt that says we can take this anger and we can do something with this mm-hmm. um then she gets into the marines then she becomes the one that is supposed to take care of uh governor what's his bucket who's kind of weak and and not really very strong but he was raised he wasn't. He wasn't raised part of the of the Exodus. He was raised there on Laconia. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're talking about Governor Singh. Yes. Yeah. Um, a true believer, but not with any real combat experience. She's got the combat experience to back it up. I, I just, I wonder if that was part of what he was suggesting. That and part of, and this is the other thing that again it goes off in my head, and I say, hmm, that's interesting. Tanaka never formed, as, as we go through and we understand this, Tanaka never forms any real lasting human connections. No. People are tools for her entertainment or for the execution of whatever responsibilities are next on the mm-hmm. list. And is that what happens when we isolate ourselves too much from human contact? I understand I went way level three on some of these kinds of thoughts, and I'm probably the only person on the planet that does, but that's kind of my gig. <laughs> There's probably at least three others. Okay. I well, bet we'll get comments from them. For the other three Discord. of them. For the other three, I think. I, I'm glad I'm here for them. Yeah. I'm glad I'm here for you. Um, but <laughs> that really was that really was something that I was thinking about as I went through this book, especially the first half of this book, as we see her go from... Well, I just, the, the way that I keep my humanity in this inhumane structure is I have secrets about who I will and who I won't bonk. Um, <laughs> and, and, and I'm always doing it against the rules. And I'm kind of like, yeah, way to go. Break a few rules and keep it quiet. And then I see where she goes with it. And I'm like, no, yeah. you are, cre- I think I dated girls like that at one point in time. We're not going to talk about those. Uh, maybe we should delete that in post before my wife hears about it. But anyway, (laughs) it's, it's one of those pieces where I'm like, okay, this is, this is why in, in the midst of all of the things that go on, it becomes a really good thing, a really important thing for us to form significant connections with other human beings because it keeps us connected to what it means to be human. Yeah. I think she's lost it all. And I think if you want to talk about, and and maybe we'll get a chance to talk about this, the difference between uh, humans and our humanity and what happens when we throw our humanity away versus aliens and what they do. Uh, I, I'm I'm storing that one up and thinking that maybe we'll, maybe we'll finally have a chance to talk about this when we get to the end of books. Okay. You know who is... Sorry, I went on a long time on that <laughs> one, didn't I? Yeah, you know, that's fine. It's me. I didn't cry, though. That, that is true. Uh-huh. Hey, you're coming around. We're not done yet. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> Stephanie bringing it right back. Sam. Uh, all right. So like Stephanie, uh, Tanaka is socially maladjusted. <laughs> wow. I'm sitting out. Sitting in between the two of you. Uh, I feel very comfortable with where I'm standing. Those daggers. Keep going, Ken. Yeah, okay. Let's hear what you have to say. But you know who is not socially maladjusted but is in way over his head is Admiral Trejo. So I just, he is so You're far. You're going to say he's not socially maladjusted? Yeah, he might be. I mean, he's, a, he's, I think a, he's tremendously socially maladjusted. Maybe. Honestly, I don't know. We haven't spent a lot of time with him in terms of how he interacts with other people other than I'm trying to keep an entire government from going under and uh all i know is ordering my subordinates you know he doesn't have yeah. 
He's got no time for anything else, and he is clearly outside his depth here. And I'm disappointed that we haven't gotten very much time with him to see just what is going on through his head. In fact, no time at all. Uh, I shouldn't yeah, say not, very much time. He's not he's, a POV character, really. No, he's he uh, is there when he talks to uh, when he talks to Duarte, and he's there when he talks to Tanaka, and that's it. That's all we get. Yeah, but he still is clearly not i mean they're barely hanging on you know and it's the difference between um between a an empire builder or a statesman and a soldier yeah and trejo is very clearly a soul in fact I, I think in the last book um they they have a moment where the it's it's the moment when and i apologize for going backwards but it but it very clearly illustrates what you're talking about the uh, the uh, insurrection fleet, the, the underground fleet comes in and he changes all of his attention over to fighting a war. Yeah. And and LV, we get that moment in LV's head where she says, well, I guess taking a break from running a global empire to a <laughs> straight up shooting war is a very comfortable thing for him. <laughs> and, you know, she said he looked energized like he hadn't been in a long time. Uh, yeah. I, I think that is a, an illustration of what happens when you really are out of your depth completely unprepared for everything that you have to do. And Duarte had been preparing. The only person Duarte had ever been thinking about preparing was Teresa. was Teresa. And so somebody else steps in and says, oh no, I'll take care of this. You're not ready for it. I think Teresa probably would have done a better job of running the empire than Duarte or than, uh, than Trejo would have. Yeah. But of course that was never going to happen. Well, and I don't think that's even going to be an option by the time everything is said and done. But Trejo, you mentioned it earlier. He's ready to sacrifice Teresa for the good of maintaining the status quo and keeping things going. And yeah. he's he's really not the only one uh, willing to sacrifice children to see if how things can progress. I'm the ends justifies the means with all of these Laconians. Yeah, I'm well, and not just Laconians. I mean, let's talk about Elvie for a second. I. I Oh, wasn't okay, really done. Okay. I wasn't really done with Trejo, I guess, but there's not much more to say about him, you know. And but isn't technically LV a Laconian now? Yeah, technically, but she's also an Illin or Ill, whatever they called the people of Illus, you know. So she's also she's lots of stuff, you yeah, know. She's 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 messed up, but she's, she's in a messed up place. Yeah, and she's willing to throw Kara into that. She's willing to feed her to that diamond just to figure out what's. What's going to the diamond? But I also think there's a That's little difference between LV because there's a conversation that she has with her husband mm -hmm. about this, and LV is very much aware of what she is doing. But I also think that she's willing to do it anyway. But Kara is also a willing participant. Oh yeah, she's and I not believe there is something that, as an adult, you have to be like, okay, I understand speaking to a child that you are willing to do this. Yeah, but it's still my job to protect you and not allow you to. Yeah. But there's also something about allowing a child to make their own decisions for the good of for just the fact for that they everything can make, like so they can make their own choices. Yeah. So and I think Kara is old enough in this situation that LV has an understanding with her that there is that that this is her decision and that she's aware of it. That LV still feels the guilt about making her do it, but that. It's a little different than just being like, oh, well, Teresa's standing in my way, so let's just kill her. Right. Um, then. Well, keep in mind also, she might be in a kid's body, but Zan and Kara are not children. They've yeah. been. That's one of the things. They've been grown for, or, or they've been reanimated for. Yeah. A lot. Long, decades. Decades. Yeah. So, decades. I mean, they're not like young. They're and I like children. But. I've wondered. Um, uh, okay, this is one of those moments that probably nobody, again, maybe, okay, maybe three other people. Uh, but I found myself wondering whether or not there was neuroplasticity built back into their brains, that they were able to form new connections, if they were able to go through, with the exception of the fact that their bodies now no longer age, apparently. They no longer have any kind of maturation going on. Looks like puberty is not a choice for either or not an option for either one of them. But that's not all that happens as far as we grow. We create new neural connections. We make new neural networks. And part of that is a strengthening and changing of the way that our prefrontal cortex deals with 
and, the, and, and our brain structures allow us to deal with questions of morality and questions of ethics. And I, I found myself wondering if these two kids have had um, something happen to their brains that prevented that from happening or if they gathered enough information and could access the library well enough that that reasoning piece was still there, just in a different format. Again, I don't know if anybody else, I, that, that's me. <laughs> I don't, that's me thinking about, thinking about some of those guys. But because if she's thinking, and we don't really get a, we don't really get a clear view of this because we don't get a chance inside her head. But if she's thinking, and, and I think she says one time, I can do this. This is the one thing that I can do, and I want to do it, like Cara. you were saying, yeah. Cara. Um, Which, by the way, is does that feel a little creepifying and disturbing in a horror flick sort of way, too, to anybody besides just me? I'm like, oh, it's. I want to keep feeding myself to the diamond and find out where this goes, Mom. The well, when you say it like that, I'm just yeah, asking now what it's it feels. I'm just like, did you did you listen to it late at night or something? Um, <laughs> I watched uh, Children of the Corn and then read The Leviathan Falls. <laughs> oh, well, that makes so much more sense now. Um, but yeah, I wonder if if she was thinking, this is something I can do for humanity. Or was she just... Because it, there's also that moment where LV says as she's looking at Kara, or Kara, this is addiction. Yeah. Yeah. You, you are... Compl- and whatever reasons. I mean, we could probably go on with that one too from a neurochemical uh, standpoint but if this is addiction and i'm encouraging you i'm letting you continue um elvie's very clear about some of the places where she is morally ambiguous yeah is that a good sentence very clear about where she's morally ambiguous (laughs) uh and and fias plays a beautiful conscience to her their their interplay gives a great opportunity to have that conversation of, yes, I know I'm doing this, but if I can save, uh, she says at one point, uh, we're not talking about quality of human life. We're talking about quantity of human life. Yeah. And yes, it's not ethically appropriate to uh, let anybody go to increase the quality of life of others, but we're talking about the entire quantity of human life that we're dealing with here. And, and, I, and she says, I think that allows me a little bit of latitude. Well, and I think we've gotten enough of LV over the last few books to know that she is a good person. Mm-hmm. That when you have well, that's leaders... Why, that's why Jim sent him to look for her. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. When you have leaders, you want them to be good people. Are they going to have to make tough decisions and stuff that might sacrifice something for the greater good or whatever? Yes, but they're good people. And so you trust them to make the best decisions. It's when you get people like Duarte who don't really care because they just want to be the end-all be-all of power in the system that anyone can be sacrificed and I don't care because I'm going to be the one that decides whether it's a good thing. I think that that's mm. the one thing that is saves Elvie as a character, knowing that she has admitted that she's doing something yeah. not that she knows that it's that there's that she would wish it's there was a better way to do it, but doesn't know it. Yeah, because you know she is the type. If she found a de- a different way, a better way than sacrificing Kara, mm-hmm. she would have done it. Then allowing yeah. Kara to sacrifice yes. herself. The, oh, look at that. Yeah, yeah. So, and I love the the relationship between her and her husband, and that how well they balance each other out. <laughs> and so, I like, I, I like the two of them together. Yeah. They're a good, they're, they're a good, um, two sides of the coin. But since we're, I'm going to throw this one out since we are talking about adults with children, how does it make any difference than what, um, Holden is doing with Teresa? They talk several times that she's a shield and she knows she's the shield and we can't get rid of her because she's like, I know they try to get rid of her. They're trying to do what's best. But at the same time, they're using her just as much as anyone else in the galaxies yeah. are using these other children. It is a, uh, and, and, and she is volunteering it. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's the part where, where she and Holden are having the conversation. He says, we need to let, we need to drop you off. We need to let you have a life. We need to get you to a place where you can be safe. And she said, 
but I don't want that. I want this. I want this here. And besides, if I'm here, I protect you. And it's mm-hmm. like, and that's exactly why we need to get rid of you. Because <laughs> I don't want to be that. It's it's a really, we get a, we get to see the same thing. The, 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 the children um, are making big choices that the adults should be smart enough to say. Eh. But I think yeah. it also shows a point because there's been a lot of conversation since we made that big time jump with um, Holden and Naomi and they're all talking about, well, why are we fighting this battle? Where's, where's the generation coming up behind us yeah. to fight this battle? When we die off, is, this, is the battle going to keep going? Because yeah. no one else, the, the next generations don't care. And I think it's just interesting seeing the next generation caring for yeah. one thing and how they're playing into what, the new systems with the the rings and everything could look like yeah as a whole where they all have to live together whether it's under one supreme power that controls all of the systems or if they just have to somehow manage to get along that's a good point so can't we all just get along um (laughs) i think that um Part of Teresa's complaint, by the way, Jim has a valid, I think it's a very valid reason for wanting to drop her off with, with family and Presbyterians, Presbyterians. (laughs) We had the Mormons in the beginning. We got the Presbyterians at the end and there the twain shall meet, (laughs) but, but he has, he has a very valid reason because it's like, you're a 15, 16 year old girl. You should not be having to deal with this. Let's get you someplace where you can get some regular adolescent life going rather than this. And I think she feels less like you're trying to save me and more like you're trying to dump me. Yeah, absolutely. Which is like what every teenager would think. You don't want me around because you think I'm a burden. Yeah. Well, and, and I wonder, I'm trying to remember if Naomi had this conversation or if it just played out in my head uh, of her saying, you know, she may, she may feel like you're dumping her off, but what she's going through now is what every belter kind of had to learn to live with growing up anyway. Yeah. Um, and maybe I'm just maybe I'm just imagining that uh, as kind of part of the conversation around her birthday. Yeah, when they were having her birthday party yeah. and they were talking about their sweet 16 and everyone's like, what's a sweet 16? And I'm like, it, it was quinceanera. How did you know about quince? Because that was the time uh-huh. that belters like left their families. Right. They got it, their own job because they were no longer on their parents insurance yes, like, yes, like, anymore. yeah yeah it's time for you to be an adult yep it, so and drinking yeah and you can drink because <laughs> that's how we survive adulthood and then alex wait drinking <laughs> at 15 <laughs> love it which they also brought up the concept of what's 15 what is what is a year what is you know yeah, the um, relativistic nature yeah, of it's, everything is so relative and they hadn't really touched on it a lot in the last eight books but it's coming up in this book just that you know a year here is not a year there and you know you may be 15 but what is that exactly you know is, what is 15 years and so i i don't know i just thought that was interesting they finally brought it up i really enjoyed um uh, I really enjoyed Teresa's conversation with Amos after, you know, she goes through it, you know, Naomi looks at her and says, it's really the same protein based fungus, mm-hmm. but it's got a little sugar, <laughs> you know, and, and they're, you know, they all kind of part ways and, and she goes over to Amos and she's like, that was kind of lame. He's like, yeah, <laughs> but they really care. Yeah, they do. Yeah. This and and I, I I think we start, well, I, and again, how much of this was really intended in the book and how much of it did I read in? But I, I see Amos making this connection with Teresa, with Tiny. Um, that Everybody's he made, got a nickname. He made, in, he made in a similar way with Clarissa, but Clarissa was grown. Clarissa yeah. just made bad choices and he was there to pick up the pieces. Teresa had people making all of those choices for her and he was trying to help her figure out her own moral compass kind of at least as I was watching it in kind of the same way that Naomi and Jim had always kind of been there 
to help him form <laughs> his. And I'm watching this and saying, you know, this may be a little messed up, but the best example of good parenting that we've got in this book is Amos. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, well, James, James Holden's private killer is the best example for parenting that we're going to see in these books. I was, uh, and, and again, maybe I'm just reading some things into it, but I really, um, I'm not crying. I, but I really, okay. Maybe there's almost a tear for me. I really love that moment. And I, and there was one other Amos moment that I, and it was an, it was an Amos Holden moment. Um, and it's the moment when Tanaka shoots Amos. Um, oh yeah. All along they've been, you know, after Amos comes back, they're looking at him and they're like, the thing that was Amos, uh, the thing that looked like Amos, the thing that used to be Amos, all of these kinds of things. And James still saying, you know, are you, are you sure you're Amos? He's like, yep, pretty sure. <laughs> Cause you don't look like Amos. Yeah, I know some things are different, but it's me. I'm here. <laughs> some things are like, different. Would you say any different? And he's like, nope. Probably not. <laughs> I mean, I just, you know, all of this kind of, I'm like, all right, yeah, sounds like my grandpa, you know, kind of thing. Uh, and, and James sees Amos get shot and reacts instinctively. He doesn't say, well, that's just the thing that used to be Amos. The, the connection that they have formed, that bond that they have formed stays so much in place that he's like, we are not leaving him. I will drag him onto the Rossi. He is us. He is part of us. And we will take care of this. His re his instant reaction to shoot Tanaka. Um, I mean, all of those moments, I was like, you know what? Good. People go through changes. We all go through changes. We are, I'm trying again, remember, uh, I think I highlighted a, a moment where they said, yeah, we're we're all different. From moment to moment, we're not the same people that we were the moments before. We change. Everybody changes. My changes just happen to be a little bit more di uh, dramatic. But we've all changed. And in spite of all those changes, that connection, that bond that they have formed because of going through all of that stuff is strong enough to force people to, or to set the stage for Holden to take some action that's really quite dangerous and quite frightening uh, because he's his friend. Yeah. And I just loved that moment. I, I, again, maybe it's me reading stuff in. I guess that's what, that's what books are supposed to do <laughs> is give us a chance to do that. Uh, but I love that. I've got some friends that have changed. I'm sure some friends that I have have looked at me and said, you've changed. But you know what? In spite of those changes, you're still there. We are still connected. We are still there for each other. Simpatico. It's a, it's a powerful thing. And I'm glad that that was part of this. Well, and it also adding, I guess, depth to their relationship is at the beginning of this book you have to remember how long they have actually been apart yeah we want to see your pretty face <laughs> but like james has just come back they're all now back on the rosy like naomi's been off on her own like alex mm -hmm. just lost bobby who and there's even that moment when um the the big ship of the rebellion the gathering storm the the yeah. Well, which one? The, the typhoon, the, the whirlwind, the, the tempest. The one that the the rebels had. The, storm. the, the storm. storm. Yeah. And Alex makes the comment. He's like, I just watched a lot of friends die because he he was one that served with them. And yeah. Bobby, like, the, and Amos has been in a cave for who knows how long. Like, yeah. they're all just coming back. And the fact that those relationships and those bonds are still strong after years that Holden had been in um, captivity yep. and everything that there's still that tight knit family that even Teresa can see as she's watching them. She's like, this is, this is a family that she doesn't necessarily feel a part of, but. And that she's never seen. Mm -hmm. She's never seen a family. Yeah. People who care enough about each other that they would do things for each other like this. Um, yeah. That's, that was a powerful moment. A really powerful moment. Well written. Yeah, um, it's taken us this long. We haven't talked very much about Jim at all. 
But I think that's part that's part of why he's so quick to shoot Tanaka in the face. Also, is you pointed out, Stephanie, he's been in, he was in captivity for like two years, and they don't. I don't want to say I don't want to deride somebody's writing or anything like that, but they don't do a very good job for me in explaining just how traumatic that was for Jim. They yeah. don't really in, show in the book. They they show him in in uh, Tiamat's wrath. They show him basically making the best of it. They show him in the moments between where he's getting the crap beat out of him, where he's losing teeth, where he's getting bones broken. And they show the moments in between where he's scheming or planning or, or just being, you know, gregarious Jim. They don't show the two and a half years or whatever it was of trauma that he has experienced and that he's taken with him now into this book. And yeah. so basically Tanaka is... Every Laconian, and every Laconian is, you are the person who tortured me for two years, and I have no problem shooting you in the face. I can see that. You know? I can see that. Um, but that, I, but that, that's not all about, about that. But Jim has clearly left himself, he left something of himself in Laconia. Yeah. You know, and now he's, he's not quite the same, and, uh, but he's still trying. You know, he's still, what's best for, for the galaxy? How can we stop this? catastrophe from really you know becoming a, a problem and and here he is right at the middle of it just like jim always is yeah you know it's it's um it's interesting to me we we get a lot of jim chapters um oh by the way i wanted to mention this not that it matters at all but through eight books all of his chapters were always holden and in book nine they they're change. all jim jim great i don't i don't know if there's anything into that yeah, other than maybe we're finally on first name basis with Jim after eight books. I don't know. But <laughs> after 50 years. Yeah, I don't know. We're now but, on a first name basis. But I just found that to be interesting the first time I heard it. So I, I, we, we, you made mention of one thing that, I, that was kind of interesting and that was a, uh, a big deal that I wanted to come back to. And that was Tanaka's single-handed dismantling of the entire Draper base. The, the last memory of Bobby Draper wiped out <laughs> by one woman, one insane woman in a power armor. Um, I, I think it's really interesting. And there was a, there were, there was a moment with that that was very much, uh, and it was, it was kind of hinted at um, earlier in the, in the chapter, right before she does her whole ripping apart of everybody. When, Naomi figures out, she, she says, you know, I've got this, got this plan. And as long as I take it, then everybody gets saved. And she's like, no, this is Kim saying that I'm responsible for all the bad that he's going to do when he's holding a gun to everybody's head. Mm -hmm. And Amos goes, oh, baby, look what you made me do. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. I've, I've, I've seen that kind of stuff go on, right? Yeah. yeah it's the controlling relationship of, of abuse. Like that's yeah. exactly why. And victims stay victims yeah. for so long is because it's it's my fault. The beatings, yeah. the guilt that comes with it. The beating could stop if you just do what I say. And and uh, then we get Tanaka on board the ship, and she's like, "All you have to do is give me the girl, and all of this will end." And Jillian's like, uh, "No." Well, you even get moments inside when in Tanaka's chapters where she knows she's like they're just words to her. Yeah. She has no intention of stopping the slaughter. Yeah. yeah. Like she doesn't care. She's enjoying it. She's getting a rise out of it. And, and it's obvious. Yeah. Completely <laughs> obvious. Oh yeah. She's not even trying to hide it. And the, the, the moment when, uh, the, the, well, staying with the, with the dismantling, all of the makeshift ways that they try to stop her <laughs> and the way that they have, written this Laconian power armor to be so unstoppable mm -hmm. Yeah, was, I think, one of the coolest battle scenes that I've ever read. <laughs> um, I, I really hated that as I'm reading it through, I'm like, wow, that's, wow, that's messed up, but wow. <laughs> <laughs> and Stephanie loved it too. All of a sudden their heads were missing. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it had me thinking back to um, Starship Troopers. Oh, yeah. And to the Forever War, uh, some books that we read years ago uh, on this idea of did we ever do the Forever War on the have we done the Forever I War? I thought on we the did Legendary? the Forever War. We've read it. You you have read it, and I have read it. 
We need to but go back and make sure. We got to make I think sure we we've did. done that. Yeah. Um, but going back and looking at those and thinking about all of the representations of power armor along the way, I was thinking, yeah. I think it's funny that Ken's now looking at, at um, Craig's bookshelves. Like I, he's going to find a book amongst I'm the, find the book. hundreds it's, of books that it's Craig has take on a his few minutes, Ken. Okay, I'll look bookshelf. Later. <laughs> like just because it's on the bookshelf, we've done an episode on it's, it. Exactly, that is true. It is not true. It look is. at all those books. We have not done episodes on all of those books. I'm pretty yeah. sure we've done one on the Forever War, though. I was not a part of it. Seems like it. No, I you feel were like not. We have. You were not. That was anyway. We are. We have derailed. Sorry. Oh yes. Because that's the first time that's happened. Because that's <laughs> what the legendarium <laughs> does. But I just I I. Let's the, spin the wheel of tangents and the, see where we end up next. <laughs> we don't even. We don't even have time to spin the wheel. We're just going to go off on a tangent about spinning the wheel. <laughs> not necessarily a bad thing. I think Tanaka would say, "Yeah, spin the wheel. See what happens with that." <laughs> Nothing's gonna change, and we're back on. Yeah, there we go. Um, I really, I, I, it was a guilty pleasure. That chapter was a guilty pleasure for me. Going because through Todd and, enjoys massive slaughter. I, it's not oh. the massive. It, it's okay, Todd. It's, it's we understand. Oh, it's so hard for me to say it, but I Todd, just love space combat in those kinds of manners. Todd just loved the shooting of heads exploding. I did not enjoy that part. The fact that she was ripping people apart. I did enjoy the part where she said she could probably do it single-handedly without the guns. It would be messier, but it wouldn't change the outcome. I was like, number one, this is not the person you ever want in this kind of a tool. I feel like it's cheating. Like, you're in combat. You're cheating. I don't know. You're probably the kind of person who thinks it's immoral to hunt with a gun, too. Okay, we're going to change that conversation. Ah, sorry. I do want to say, though, that... So, here, here we have that... <laughs> representation of, of sorry Stephanie's still thinking about that comment of Laconian, of Laconian uh, honor and then in the very next chapter Mugabu the the captain of the Sparrowhawk oh, yeah. says I assure you all of your people will be treated uh, all of your people will be treated humanely if you will just surrender and Jillian says your Colonel Tanaka has already given us an indication of what Laconian honor is all about. Uh, little did she know when she killed all of us, she was killing all of you. That uh, was an awesome moment. Yeah. I, I, I just, and I said to myself, you know, this is, this is a powerful moment of reminding ourselves what happens when you are a representative of others. And the fact that everyone else will be judged because of you. Yeah. Uh, I, a good level two moment in this book. Sure. <laughs> okay. Here's and Stephanie's like, whatever, Todd. Sorry, I, <laughs> there's a lot about, I, I don't know. I live with Ryan. We're married. In case you didn't know that. Um, Ryan is a ginormous Star Wars fan. Yes. In, I, I don't know. It's a surprise to all that Ryan enjoys Star Wars. He enjoys Star Wars? He enjoys it. That's the more, word you're going to use? More than anyone really should. Anyway, <laughs> beside the point, I have a point to this that ties into the conversation we are having. Okay, go ahead. But that whole plot line of the rebellion against the big bad whatever, I, I'm i struggling Empire. with- Yeah, the sure. Empire. I'm struggling with this. Hi, Craig. Um, rendition, I guess, of the story. Because there's just so much going on and- I'm like, okay, so you have the rebellion, you have the people that are that are fighting. I don't always understand, like, I don't know. I'm that middleman who probably wouldn't join a side. I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's what you want me to do? Great. I'm just going to keep living my life over here. And I'd probably be the one that would have been, like, killed when, like, the Death Star blew up Alderaan or something because I was just living my life. But I don't, I don't know. I'm just over that plot line i guess okay yeah so by the like Does i'm ryan already over this no shh, don't tell him no one tell ryan <laughs> i have said this it's just between us what stays in like it's gonna You're stay gonna in to this room this right the podcast if he listens to it just kidding um <laughs> you and me and thousands of listeners don't worry about it thousands ryan wow. will never know i said any of this but i don't know i'm just with this rendition i'm over it i just i could care less i'm like Yes, we have a rebellion. Yes, there are big bad people. Like, they're going to kill people, and they're going to kill people, and everyone's being going to be dead, and, like, what's the point of the rebellion? And I, I, I don't know. I'm just... 
anyway. I love that. Wow. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for that. Hopefully we get a chance to have a conversation about that later. About Star Wars? And yes. And my marriage and how it might be over now. (laughs) (laughs) I doubt that. I doubt it. So do you feel better about yourself though? For getting that off your chest? Yes, I do. Out of all of the torturous hours of (laughs) listening to... No, they're not torturous. Just kidding. Um, After all these books, that's probably like the biggest thing about it is I feel like it's just this overdone plot line and it's taken way too long to get here. Okay. Like this could have been book five. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we, no. I'm not, you're I'm like, not, there's a, yes, Stephanie. I'm not saying okay you, to blow you off. I, you I, can I, stop yeah. talking now because we're going to go back to talking about Tanaka blowing people's heads off. No, we're not. No, I'm we're not. That part, by the way. Actually, I want to commandeer the conversation and ask. Um, we haven't mentioned Naomi like once this entire episode. We're, we're like 58 minutes in and we I have not mentioned, mentioned Naomi her. once. Maybe we mentioned her, but. Maybe we mentioned does, her. Does anybody have anything they want to add about Naomi? No. She's I'm Stephanie's holding, favorite character. I'm holding all of my stuff about Naomi until our second half. Okay. Okay. I like her. How about that? I like Naomi. I love Naomi. I think she's a good character. Naomi's character arc through these books has been way interesting. I yeah. have a random question that I just can't remember. Does her son actually die? No. no. He doesn't, does he? I kept... Well. We don't know. But like he he doesn't die on the page. Yeah, like we weren't cuz she thinks he's died. Yeah. Yes. But he hasn't. She right. thinks he died in going when the when they made the Pelago Dutchman going into the yes. ring gates. But okay. she doesn't she doesn't know that he got off. He wasn't right? on he never it. got on the ship, yeah. Okay, yeah. that's what I was thinking cuz there was this moment that I was like are they going to bring her son back? Cuz there was something that they were I felt like they were going to hold over like they were trying to find, and I was trying to debate. I was like, okay, is her son dead? Is he not dead? I couldn't remember. And then I was like, okay, maybe it's going to be Kit. And there was going to be some sort of trade-off. Like, oh, you have Teresa, but look who we have. And then all of a sudden they just oh. brought up this random person with like a gun to his head. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, that- That would have been a wrinkle. That would have been different. Like, I was almost expecting it to be huh. someone we had seen, someone that was that they cared about. Yeah. That now they were going to have that- dilemma of okay we have Teresa who is important to this whole story but I have a personal connection now to like her son or Alex's son or something like I kept expecting it to happen maybe it still will I don't know I'm not far enough into the book to know if he would be in his 50s we're now, probably, gonna right? get probably. random people back but uh, I'm yeah. just saying don't don't discount the possibility that he comes back in the clip show but I, I felt like you know. that would have been a moment that, like, that's what I was expecting. And it didn't happen. Nope. A where are they at now moment, you know, for the clip show. I guess we'll see what happens. Any, uh, I'm going to leave myself off because I actually finished the book. Okay. So. Well, Stephanie, I want to know what you think. Where, where is Duarte? Oh. I have no idea. Cause On I, a ship somewhere. I, don't I know. have a guess, but. I think I think he's in the he's in the space station at the middle of the ring gate. Interesting guess. That's because that's where that's where Jim that's where Miller takes Jim, right? At yes. The, back in the way back. So I'm thinking that's where he is. I think that's the nexus for where everything happens. I think the only real like what's the word? Um, guess P- prediction. prediction. Yeah, that's where. What's the word I want? <laughs> You even just said it. My only real prediction or anything like thing that I've thought ahead of is in the dreamer sequence, like those weird dreamer interludes. <sighs> gosh, those are weird. When okay. um, Kara goes into the the diamond or whatever it is, and there's that extra voice that oh, we right. don't really like. Mm-hmm. There, there are comments that like you you know she has a connection with Amos and yes. everything, but there's that that extra voice that we're never really sure who it is. Yes. I kept thinking, I was like, Ooh, I hope it's Miller. Like I want it to be Miller. Mm. That Miller is like all of a sudden I was like, what if Miller's not actually dead? And he's just been like. Subsumed. Brought back by like the drones or whatever that have saved Amos or something. I was like, and Miller's not actually dead or something like. Mm, Interesting. 
I don't know. Like that, those, that's where my thoughts were going. Whether I truly deep down believe like, yes, this is what's going to happen. I don't know if I'm like that sure about it, but I'm with you only because I predicted at the end of the last book that Miller's coming back and it hasn't happened yet. So hopefully the second half of this book, guess we'll see. So, but we'll I feel see. like they've given that, that voice. I think it should be Miller. That's I figured fine. it was probably Duarte, but I don't know. So wow, okay. Moment. Ken, Ken just <laughs> threw us another awkward silence. So. And with that, we probably ought to wrap up. Ken, thanks for making it awkward to finish it off. Hey, Stephanie, thanks for, for all your awkward enduring needs. another half book. We've got just a half book more. Yay! And all of the novellas. No! <laughs> I just wanted to hear you say it with such enthusiasm. No! <laughs> there you go. All right, well, uh, let's call this one good. We'll come back for another one later. Bye.